0: Hi, I'm Garth Tanner. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels and you're listening to the V8 Insiders. It's
1: your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host,
2: Craig Revell. Oh yeah! The 500 comes down to the last lap
3: race, go 500 ks absolutely flat out, and I think there was pretty much less than two seconds covering the two cars all race. Well, obviously now we'll refocus, reshape and, uh, and go to Bathurst, um, well I will anyway, a lot more motivated.
2: We know where we're going in the 2010 season,
3: but what about the end of this year? Well we haven't confirmed exactly yet where we're running the replacement round yet, and uh, what style it will take, uh, we've got some thoughts. We recap all the Phillip Island action this week. As the lights go out
2: on another edition of the V8 Insiders.
4: You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing: V8 Supercars
2: From agony to ecstasy, that's how HRT fans felt as Garth Tander closed down a two-second gap to take the LNH 500 for the second year in succession.
0: Certainly like Phillip Island, it's been good to me
2: for the last three years, so um, you know, we might go out and uh, help the economy tonight. Jamie Winkup said watching from the pits was far harder than being in the car. Sitting in the pits,
3: without doubt, is is a lot worse. You're a lot more nervous watching on. than, than actually being in the car doing the job yourself. Stephen Richards said he could not get his
2: FPR falcon to perform as well as he had hoped, but eventually the team was able to get the handle
0: and find some late speed. You know, for, for me, the first stint was was quite interesting. I think, um, you know, there are a few guys spearing off. I think one at one stage there I saw... Uh, uh, Cameron McConville spearing backwards through turn one, launching onto the track just in front of myself and Lee Holdsworth. And that was, uh, I thought that was a pretty big move. It was a bit of a desperate move to try and get past us. But um, it, it it all sort of worked out good. We just had probably the last um, 10 to 12 laps of each stint. In my stint, the, the rear tyres fell off a bit. And um, we, we unfortunately actually couldn't get the roll centre change done at the first stop for Frosty. Um, something happened, and uh, but we made the change, it made the car better. So that gives us really good direction going to Bathurst, and I think um, you know, we should be pretty pleased with, with the outcome.
2: Stephen Johnson told the VN Insiders, whilst happy with fourth place, there is some work to be done at Dick Johnson Racing, particularly come pit stop time for Bathurst. This year, you know, the car was, was good enough
5: for fourth, you know, probably third, but... Um, you know, we're around the same time as the guys at the front. We just, just uh, um, we're in the pit lane a little bit longer than them. And um, you know, in Winterbottom, I don't know where they get their consumption from or how fast their fuel fills their car. But uh, they, they, they were you know 14 seconds less time than us in pit lane, which is just astronomical. Which is still 10 seconds faster than Triple Eight and 13 seconds faster than HRT. So. We're going to have to look into that and see, see what they were doing there because that's, um, that's where they got us. We should have been well in front of them.
2: Todd Kelly was hampered by a twisted seatbelt that caused him to lose some time on the racetrack.
6: We had our fair share of dramas today and uh, the car wasn't too bad in the end. We um, would have liked to have got a result there. It's certainly looming closer and closer because all the ingredients are there and the car's good. So it's a good, good lead-up to Bathurst, but not what we uh, aim for today.
2: Fortunately, Rick Kelly was able to get past Warren Luff to take fifth position for luff and jonathan webb it was a solid result as the best of the non-regular
3: drivers had a bit of a run in there with rick we sort of uh were trying to sort of conserve a bit of fuel at the end there and um probably weren't in the best position to be able to sort of challenge for that position so um look it's still a great result for the whole Jim beam team um to have both cars in the top 10 um obviously Stephen and james fourth and uh O and i six and for O and i being first of the non-regulars is
2: a is a real achievement. Cameron McConville had the scariest ride of the weekend, launching the car off Turn 1 and almost taking out Greg Ritter in the second of the gary rogers motorsport commodores the van insiders caught up with mccomble and asked him about his wild
3: ride it was pretty hairy to be honest uh just touched wheels with um, stephen owen going into turn one so it was the high speed part of the racetrack you know doing 280 down there and the car went into the air and it tore the brake line out so i had no brakes so i just kept going backwards and backwards and then when it went into the ditch uh, so I smacked my head against the side of the seat and then it went airborne across the other side of the track. So very lucky that no one collected us and um, I was able to drive it back to the pits, but clearly weren't able to fix it.
2: So the championship standings after the first enduro, that is race 16 on the championship. It is Jamie Cup on 2,007 points, Will Davison on 1,824 points, Garth Tander on 1,479, Craig Lowndes on 1,478. Stephen Johnson is on 13.74, Mark Winterbottom on 13.32, Lee Halsworth on 12.69, Russell Ingall on 11.87, James Courtney on 11.54 and Michael Caruso rounds out the top 10 on 11.34 points. The 2010 calendar has been announced with the Middle East doubleheader kicking off the year as a nine-week mid-season breaks as some of the
3: highlights. Um, we're going to basically break into an autumn and a spring conference and uh, we see lots of benefits in that. One of the main advantages of the mid-season breaks is gaining more regular programming for television. In our first half of the season, our second half of the season, the fact that we'll race every two weeks. And we finally get some real consistency on television in particular, uh, which we think is so important to our growing fan base. Sandown and Tasmania have now been moved to November. Clearly um, November, we hope, offers us uh, better weather at both of those uh, establishments. Barbagello and Queensland. They will be in the autumn half of the calendar and are both marked as provisional. Uh, Both because um, we want to... um, get more satisfactory um, things worked out. Let me just state in the case of uh, Queensland Raceway, we V8 Supercars uh, don't have an issue with the uh, facility, but we have a major issue on behalf of our fans. Tony D'Alberto has said he is unsure
2: his future in the V8 Supercar Series.
0: Uh, you know, once the dust settles from these couple of race meetings, the endurance races will, will, will know more. But at the moment, we're, we don't have anything for next year, so uh we'll just keep looking and trying to assess different options but i'd love to try and stay in the championship you know it's um great to be a part of it and um we've got a lot of money invested in it so we'd like to try and stay there
2: dioboto says that speculation has not affected his preparation for the long distance races
0: no nah, not really not really i'll sort of leave that to other people to worry about just got to try and worry about doing the best job i can this weekend and And uh, I actually haven't been involved with too much of it, so I wouldn't even know, um, you know, exactly what's happening. Uh, Our progression, it was always going to be our natural progression over a few years to try and do our own thing and and maybe get a licence ourselves, but I don't know how easy that will be. For the Bottleo team, they have been seen having discussions with a few teams up and down Pit
2: Road. The speculation is that they might link up with sprint gas racing.
0: You know, I know there's a lot going on with Rod and and the team, but... um, it's all um, all on good terms, you know, there's no, there's no arguments or anything like that.
2: l h has announced that they will be extending their sponsorship of the 500 for a further two years. Robin Norris is the CEO of l h
6: We've been three years involved with uh, V8 supercars and, uh, and obviously thrilled with the response to it. Um, I guess it's the start of the endurance part of the uh, the season. Uh,
2: our company's been around for 120 plus years, so I guess we relate pretty well to to <laughs> endurance. Shane Howard, the chief operating officer of V8 Supercars Australia, said that the series is working hard on building the LNH 500's event status to a three-day festival.
1: Uh, we we're, we're trying, uh, looking outside the square, trying some different things here. Um, as you would know, for the first time. In a very long time, we've uh, have the uh, the bikes, the super bikes here, uh, which gives you know, a different form of entertainment. We've really stepped up the areas for the LNH uh, family zone. Um, uh, like our company, there's some great synergies between our company and LNH. We're both very focused on families. Um, and uh, and providing that family entertainment here.
2: Robert Norris from LNH would not confirm that they'd be back with FPR in the next season. Uh, yeah, we're pretty keen that FPR does well today, and we're uh, we're in negotiations with FPR for uh, for the future as well. So.
6: Good luck to uh, Frosty and Richo in the next couple of days.
2: Former Fujitsu driver Damian White has started at V8 Supercars Australia as the operations coordinator. He'll be responsible for all the operations of the Fujitsu series. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, we'll have Neville Wilkinson and Peter Norton along. Then on the white flag lap, we speak to the boss, Tony Cochran.
1: Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders.
0: Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen from the Stone Brothers Racing, SP Tools. You're listening to
4: V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back
2: to the V8 Insiders as we look back at Phillip Island. Joining me, the publisher of V8X Magazine, Neville Wilkinson, Big Hair. What a weekend.
6: Uh, Yeah. was a lot of ups and downs and i was an interesting result to the to the race um i i got a lot out of it because of a lot of the a lot of the cars failing and bits breaking off cars and i mean how many cars went off in first turn i've never seen so many cars go off in first turn ever in one in one race um and there's obviously a bit of a a safety issue come up because two cars flying across the track the way they did or Mm -hmm. to the other side you know the sand trap really didn't do its job but I know, it's amazing. I mean, you know, a team to come and win on the last lap looked like it was gone for all money, and then, and then the team leading, you know, something fails. I think it was a front-right tyre. It had everything.
2: And, of course, Peter Norton, it was a promoter's dream, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And
5: really, the script is coming together quite nicely for the championship with uh, uh, the, the points gaps narrowing and, uh,
2: yeah, nice surprises for everyone. Points gap narrowing, but it's still 30 points at only... Well, it's only 30 points different at the end of this race. And uh, there's something like 200 or 300 points still a gap. So we've still got a ways to go for a championship fight, Neville.
6: Well, yeah, if if HRT keep winning and Team Vodafone keep finishing second, I don't think that HRT will do it all, Garth Tanner and, and Jamie Wincup. Um, it's a matter of will Team will Jamie Wincup have a real... Uh, he's got to not... Yeah, will he have a bad race? Because I don't think he's really had a bad race. Um, so, you know, the, the, the pressure's on. It's, it's there for Vodafone to win. I think it's more that they will lose it than HRT will win it if Vodafone... Um, if Vodafone keep it on the track. But you oh. never know.
2: All right, looking at the race. And the, the action started very early. Dean Fiore didn't even get the car to the start line. Troy Bayless was uh, unfortunately left high and dry in the pits.
5: Yeah, well, heartbreaking going out on the uh, formation lap and not actually getting there to take the green flag. So, uh, yeah, very disappointing for them. Uh,
2: so much work goes into just turning up and uh, not being able to race. Importantly for them, they had a brand-new sponsor. They did get some TV time, but it wasn't much.
6: Oh, well, they were a backmarker. What more can I say? No. Not bad preparation, Pfft, you know, put put a, put a name driver in there for a bit of publicity... Fair enough, got Kitten on the side of the car, but they, they weren't really going to do anything. Move on.
2: Well, one team that we were expecting to do a lot was uh, Coulthard and Patrice. Patrice had a very solid build-up to the race, but unfortunately, lap four, Fabian Coulthard had his first ever engine blow-up, and that's... He's thinking that's the first engine he's ever had blow up in his
6: racing career, let alone his V eight supercar career. But that was that was a big surprise because that team was expected to do some good stuff. I mean, they you're talking you're talking upper mid to front running team, and um, they'd cracked it for a top four starting position and. Um, for the engine to go like that. And it went in a big way too, with flame, smoke, bits coming out of it the whole (laughs) lot. I mean, so it was a monumental blow for for one of these engines and it goes, they're going to be going, Okay, we've got to check this out because they definitely don't want this happening at Bathurst.
2: Mm -hmm. Cameron McConville's wreck is, of course, what uh, Neville alluded to at the... uh, beginning of our chat and it was a big one you don't see too many much bigger than that
5: oh a big scary ride and as was pointing out that they'll have to have a think about the safety here because the speed that the cars carry into turn one carries them straight across the sand trap and uh, out onto the track on the other side it's not easily fixed if you put up a dirty big wall that's going to hurt at those speeds so uh, uh,
2: yeah, a bit of head scratching to come on that Yeah, there will be, and uh, we'll talk about dates later because could they have it fixed in time? Look, uh, a couple of interesting points that uh, I've got on my note sheet here. Todd Kelly having a belt twist and cutting off the blood to his uh, legs, causing him all sorts of difficulties, and, uh, well, in the end he managed to scrape back a fifth-place finish net.
6: Yeah, I... They seem to have a bit of troubles with the engine. Through the telecast, they were having problems with the engine, and I think at one t- stage you had to shut the car down to try and reset the the electricals in the car. So I think they had a hard race. They they stuck there, and know, they just kept digging away and, 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 and chipping away, and, and, they, and they snagged a... A good finish, and and after the difficulties, I think they thought they got to go back, going okay. There's some promise here, um, and I, th- I think they're going to give it a real shove at Bathurst.
2: Well, in the first driver pairing at the front of the field, it was Will Davison and Jamie Wincup. We saw Davo pass Wincup to get to the lead. The pit stops came in, and then we had uh, that change over again with Lowndes being able to get out in front of Garth Tander. And I have to say, there was a lot of hard driving and. Uh, There's a lot of rubbing as racing too, which was uh, great for the fans.
5: Yes, uh, this weekend uh, I saw firsthand that uh, Craig Lowndes does like that rubbing. Um, He's perceived by some people as a clean, perfect racer. But no, he sticks his elbows out and tap, tap, soft, soft, hard, everything to get past. Um, Didn't cause any any big pranks, of course. But uh, yeah, he's he's in there as a street fighter.
2: And of course, uh, Garth showed that he'll mix it. He took that little opportunity with a back marker to get in front and uh, then started to run away early.
6: Well, you know, the whole race was against Team Vodafone and HRT or Toll HRT. So, um, and they never were that far from each other. They pitted the back, practically the same time, the whole lot, um, opposite end of the pit. So that made for like, oh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but interesting. Um, Pete says it's, Craig Lowndes perceived as a clean. Well, no, actually, you beg to differ. A lot of people perceive Craig as a dirty driver. He loves that tap, 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 bash, bash, get force your way past. And I know whenever, whenever Garth Tanner has Craig Lowndes behind him, he's thinking, hey, when's he going to give me the hit to get past? So, you know, but you know, it was a good battle there with, uh, uh, with, well, first. Craig in front, then, then Garth, and then Craig back there, and then Garth's tyres going off and, and all this kind of stuff. All, all, and, then, and and even Garth, he had to conserve fuel with three laps to go. So he's probably settling for second at that stage
2: some of the other runners that we need to talk about. Uh, FBR boys, a teaming crisis, you said Neville on the question cover mark V8, V8X, and uh, it certainly has gathered a lot of interest up and down pit lane. It's done its job because uh, people are buying that magazine just to read that story alone. And uh, uh, FBR, solid third position, but just weren't at the front two.
6: Well, they had definitely had the car speed. They obviously had to make an adjustment in the middle of the race because it was a bit uh, screwy in the back end, but um, the car was fast at the end. If they had been up there with those uh, two guys battling for first and second, I reckon they could have won it, you know. Um, so they're definitely fast. Um, I think the strategy may not have been as good as, as maybe HRT and Team Vodafone's. But um, they definitely showed that they were a force, Um, and hey, they need to be. They're going to be the top four team next year, so they're going to do something.
2: Yeah, and uh, Dick Johnson Racing, Jim Beam Racing, of course, both their cars for most of the race in the top five. It was a very strong performance by the regular two and their two part-timers.
5: Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head there about the part-timers. That was the team where the part-timers, the second car, put in a solid result. Uh, most other teams, their second car, were miles behind. So uh, I think, yeah, an each-way bet there for, for the Dick Johnson team at Bathurst, uh, good, solid performance.
2: It was indeed, and that battle between uh, Kelly and Luff at the end was quite exciting as well. If you weren't getting enough action at the front, you had those two going at it.
6: Well, there was battles happening all over the track, but getting back to the guys who won or the podium, You've got, to be, you've got to be full-time, top-line drivers, and I'm talking in the VAD Supercar Championship, to really have any chance of winning even at, here at Phillip Island, let alone Bathurst. I mean, the only way a part-time driver is going to win at Bathurst is everybody in front of him falls over because, you know, they're, just, they're, just, you know, they're not fast enough. All right. Now, one-word answer, the
2: last lap pass for the win. What were your thoughts?
6: Holy crap.
2: Uh, Yeah, crap. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back with more of the V8 Insiders. We're going to talk calendars right after this break. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including
1: the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.
0: Hi, I'm Tony Delberto from Rod Nash Racing. You're listening to V8 Insiders.
2: Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Peter Norton from Inside Motorsport and Neville Wilkinson from V8X Magazine on sale now. And the championship series was announced. It's an interesting uh, championship. A few of the big surprises got spoiled midweek when uh, Abu Dhabi shot one out early. But uh, we did get to see the Middle East debut. And firstly to you, Peter Norton, it's going to have quite an aspect to it because... uh, we're not going to see Clipsaw as the first race in the championship series, but we're going to have a tantalising start to the Australian races. Well, what's amazing here is that V8 Supercars, it's about the Australian
5: icons, Ford versus Holden, and it's all about Aussie stuff. first four rounds are in four different countries. And that really is quite remarkable for a sport to grow so much. And you're right, it's going to have sort of multiple starts to the season. Uh, you have the, the start that you have to watch on TV, and then you've got the start at Adelaide, the traditional start. Uh, it really will be a, a multifaceted uh, ch- uh, calendar because then you've got a, a further start to the endurance
2: season in September after a layoff. Mm. And it, that's it. It's a, it's a testimony to what this organisation, Vans has done that you have this. Falcon versus Commodore Battle that is very, very local, very parochial, and yet internationally people want this and more people are lining up to try and get a piece of
6: it. Well, I think the hardcore are more local and they're the, they're the parochial and the people that say something. But the wider, the wider audience, um, Tony Cochran said it, the wider audience says... You know, they'll watch it on telly regardless of whether it's Bahrain, whether it's Abu Dhabi, whether it's Adelaide, whether it's New Zealand. And I'm kind of the same same thinking. I mean, when the first round in Abu Dhabi, right, the majority of Australians, even the fans, the hardcore fans, aren't going to go to Abu Dhabi. You're going to watch it on television. You're going to read it about it in magazines. You're going to look at it on the website. That's where they're going to get their information. That's going to where they're going to see all the new paint schemes. I mean... The Abu Dhabi round is going to be a massive, massive viewer hit, you know. And then, again, as Pete says, you have another start in Adelaide. Everybody's going to tune into that race. It's just a magic race. So, you know, it's, the, the break in the middle of the season is quite interesting. Nine weeks, that's a pretty big break. That was more than the Olympics. Olympics, I think, was six. This is nine weeks. This is like another off-season. It's over two in, months.
2: In fact, it's, I think, longer than the break we're gonna have at the end of this year. Such is the the size of it. But smart thinking, I I I think you can't argue with the fact we've got to get this series away from the football and when I say football, the Aussie rules, which is part of the seven plan.
6: Well I think it's more than that now. I think they just they know they're not gonna beat Aussie rules but they have to deal with Aussie rules and so they have to the sport has to has to work in with Aussie rules. Now, they're not going to go to a... Tony Crockett are not going to go to a summer season. Um, so they're going to have to deal with the fact that they're going to have to compete with Aussie rules. So it's a matter of working what they do around that. But the break... I think the break thing's great. Separating uh, the, the, the long-distance season, all that kind of stuff. You know, Townsville's the, the final round of the first half, so to speak, nine weeks, and then you're back into Phillip Island and then the long-distance race. And that's kind of the championship hunt. The first bit's all about getting your points, and then and then trying to win the championship with art from the long distance races. I, 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 I think it, you know, interesting exercise. We'll see if it works or not. Only time will tell. But I think it will.
2: You mentioned that uh, three out of the first four rounds are overseas, but of course there still is one race in there, the Australian Grand Prix race, which is just uh, a week after the of uh, 500. And uh, there's some sniffs going around the media center and going up and down pit lane, that this race. If not next year, definitely the year after is going to have a huge, radical uh, injection into it. Well, it makes
5: a bit of sense. It's expensive for everyone to to go to the the AGP as a, a standalone, just demonstration uh, event. Make it bigger, make it better.
6: I don't know how they're going to. I don't know how to make the V8 cars bigger. Because they're going to have to have a separate pit lane. They're not going to, If you've got to have a round and they're going to do pit stops and all this kind of stuff, they need a separate pit lane. I can't see um, Albert Park building another pit lane just for the V8 supercars. I really can't see that.
2: All right. Well, that one is going to be one we'll be watching on the V8 Insiders. Okay. Then we go to Queensland, moving earlier in the year and we're then off to Winton, also getting, well, moved a little bit further forward than it was this year. Barbagello goes to June rather than late in the year. That's another big change. Hidden Valley and Townsville is a great way to go into the break.
6: Well, Townsville's a fantastic event. Fans love it. It's a great race. Again... When you talk the eastern side of Australia where most of the television audience and you're talking Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, right? they're not going to go to Townsville and that's going to be well attended and obviously have a big crowd watching it on television as well. Um, yeah, I think it's good. I just, the, the fact that all rounds are basically two weeks apart in both halves is a key as well.
2: And of course then, after you come back from the break, you've got Phillip Island, Bathurst, Super GP, which, well... If it's Super GP next year, I'll be surprised. Falcon Tires Challenge, Tasmania going back to a, a November date. Also, Sandown moving to November. And how many years have people been crying out, get Sandown out of the football season? And, of course, November's going to be some brilliant, balmy Melbourne weather.
5: Well, what I see here is that... Uh you're almost going back to the old days where there was a sprint series and an endurance series. So they're using the excitement about going into the endurance series to almost relaunch the championship after the, after that mid-season break. But also, what I see they've done almost evolutionary over the last couple of years is moving the events out of the lousy weather, and they're finally doing that now. That uh, when in the winter months, the only rounds that we have really are in the, you know, the northern states. Uh, we've got Townsville and Darwin. So we're chasing the sun. And it makes plenty of sense to not only have a good TV audience, but to have a good trackside audience as
2: well. Now, let's uh, gas and go time here, brought to you by VNX magazine. It's in stores now. It does have a uh, 888 Holden on the cover, but uh, everyone's talking about the FPR in crisis, question mark. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure you're going to see that in the newsstands and want it. Gas and go, brought to you by... VADX magazine. Uh, first to you, Neville Wilkinson, and we've got the uh, season out. Is there any changes you would have liked to see in the calendar?
6: Um, no, I, 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 no, the answer is no. I'm glad they have got an extra round, so that's a surprise. That's great. Um, yeah, let's give it a go.
5: I love the direction they're taking. As I said, they're moving away from the lousy weather,
2: makes plenty of sense. We saw in the first of the season of Endurance 2009 a few engine failures, a few parts going south, not only on race day but right throughout the weekend we saw a lot more failures and I guess we saw it at Queensland as well. Does that mean we're going to have no engine blasts, no retirements at Bathurst because they've got all the shonky stuff out the way, uh, Peter? I love to see the fact that everyone's pushing the limits and uh, that's
5: where the innovation comes from is that you push the limits, make a few mistakes and you improve the product.
6: Mate, if there's no engines go down at Bathurst, I'll shave my head because I reckon this new E85, there's still going to be some detonations or some engine problems or some mechanical dramas, i tell you. Here, today, or at uh, Phillip Island, right? we saw a lot of this trouble. Bathurst is a whole different thing. It's double the distance, it's going up hills, down hills, right? there's going to be some engine problems. Pit stops
2: are going to be absolutely critical with the E85. FPR spent something like 17 seconds less on pit lane refuelling their car than did Jim Beam Racing. They were 10 seconds in this race quicker than 888. What's going on there? Is that a huge advantage?
6: Um, It's just, you know, some teams work on some areas to gain advantage, some teams work on others, you know. Obviously they've got something there and uh, maybe it's maybe they're putting less fuel in. Maybe they've got better economy. Who knows?
5: Well, fuel economy also comes into your driver strategy, and when you have to pit, in terms of trying to get enough laps on your second driver so you can get him out out of the way. Uh, so
2: I just love the multifaceted effect, uh, aspects of the pit stops and all that strategy. We did have another multifaceted part of the show, and that was we had a lot of. Uh, Lines. We had international drivers. We had a lot of drivers who are best known for their Fujitsu series. That made for an interesting time when people were coming around to get lapped and also some interesting, colourful uh, language over the uh, radios of the teams. Well, again, it
5: adds that depth to the, to the series. We don't just have 30 guys that are perfect. We've got another couple of guys that are struggling and it just adds a bit more texture for the interest for the fans, I think. Okay, if you're one of the perfect guys, it's really going to annoy you, but the clever drivers will uh, pick their way past carefully.
6: Are they fly-ins or blow-ins?
2: And we go to Bathurst now. What have you learnt out of this meeting, Neville Wilkinson, that's going to make your decision on who's going to win Bathurst any easier?
6: Who can keep their engines together?
2: Uh, Driver pairings. That's all we have time for this week on the V8 Insiders. My, Well, on this part of the show, anyway. My thanks to Neville Wilkinson and to Peter Norton. We look forward to catching you guys up very soon. No worries.
5: Thanks, guys.
1: To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more.
0: Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth from the Valvoline Cummins team. You're listening to V8 Insiders.
4: On this week's White Flag Lab,
2: we asked Tony Cochran about how the hunt for a new CEO is travelling.
3: The um, plan of attack there was that uh, we would start doing um, the hard yards of um, uh, going through the the list in sort of August um, and with a view to hopefully having somebody announced by say maybe November with a view to them starting 1st of January and that hasn't changed the list was too far out of date from when you looked at it? I know, look, some people that were on that list have obviously reapplied others haven't, Uh, we've come up with some new people that we're speaking to Um, it's an ongoing work in progress, I'm personally doing it myself Um, uh, you know, I've already met with the people I wanted to meet with um, internationally Um, I've met with um, some key people in Australia there's some more people I've got to meet with the headhunter's been doing his job simultaneously with that um, and we'll, we're going to get together on the 21st of this month and compare notes. Mm-hmm. We'll
2: to start wrapping up yeah,
3: no, it's, going yep, to just to see. a lot of
2: people see you in the executive chairman role and say Tony really likes that role, that responsibility,
3: or you appear to. Is yeah. it? Don't be fooled by appearances, please. Okay. Um, let me put this in language that really everybody understands. I've been doing this for 13 years. 13 years is a long time. Um, I have told everybody, everybody, that when December the 8th arrives, I will be stepping down as executive chairman. Right? I do not wish to have both jobs. Right? My, my, my two years is up as chairman at the end of uh, December. Um, so, you know, uh, if I get asked to stay on, I might... I might think about that but let me tell you I won't be staying on as executive chairman are you not enjoying V8s as much it's not a question of that um, Craig I'm working 80 hours a week week in week out it's it's taking its toll I'm not a young kid anymore and it's a huge demand of my time uh, you know I've hardly seen my family I had last weekend off It's the first weekend off. I couldn't even remember when I would had the previous weekend off um, with travel and everything I've got on, so you know I, I've got a fantastic family, and I can't continue to ignore them beyond December.
2: My thanks to Tony Cochrane as the checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders. Keep smiling, and bye for now.
1: Join us next week for more V8 Insiders only on V8X.com.au.